If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hello, everybody. You're listening to the sports right here on this Monday, uh, August the 23rd, 2021. Good to have you all here for your 
our um, third week show. It's going to be an interesting week. Um, today's show a little bit of a quieter show. We don't have a whole lot today. It might be one of our shorter shows in a while. Um, the Army and Light, my apologies. A lot of things going on late today. I had some stuff going on with, uh, with the wife. Medically, everything's fine. But we had to, some things kind of got held back a little bit. So that's why I'm on the late. So my apologies. Also, sorry for the dead air at the start of the show. Um, but so, um, but here we are, I'm here late, and a couple of things, to, uh, a couple of glitches to start things off, but we're here, um, again, quite a show today, we've got a couple of things to get brought through this year, questions, reactions, thoughts, as well, as I thought we start the show, so I'll probably be a little bit shorter, shorter, because I don't know what's going on, again, this is, that's how I said this, this is that time of year, you know, football, a couple of stories from starting, really all you've got is baseball, hockey's done, basketball's done, um, unless there's anything, you know, big, any kind of big news that's unexpected, like trades or anything like that, there's nothing going on. And this is one of those days. So today, we're going to have a small show. We've got something to talk about. We're going to look at where the MLB playoff race is standing here. And we now head into the final full week of August. Because next week, you know, next Monday is the third. It's the final full week of August. We're headed towards that period of time where I say, you know, we're now within a few days of, of, of whatever, you know, what you're going for, whatever. Or a wild card, you're in some trouble. Um, with a playoff race to stand after this weekend. And of course, we're also, uh, and I'm also getting something in the, in the second segment that I think is very interesting. You know, we're, you're going to be hearing a lot about this as we go into the into the fall because here's the thing. You know, when you talk about baseball, you know, MLB, you talk about NBA, maybe even college basketball too. You don't, you, you I, I, with COVID. And I, I hate to talk about COVID, obviously the time we have to talk about it, there's issues, there's topics that require it. So, you don't run into the problem of like, well, should you forfeit games with COVID when it comes to baseball, basketball, watch? Because here's the thing, they play long seasons, they can, it's like, it's like, you know, if you rain out a game, you can make those games up. We saw, we, we've seen baseball do it, we've seen the NBA do it, or, or if they they, they had built into the schedule, you know, you know, the fact that that might not happen, you just might lose the game, nobody forfeits and the game is a game that's going to get played. Um, but one of the things that we've heard in the last couple months is, is the proposal of football, is how they're going to deal with COVID come the fall. And, you know, the NFL, we talked about their hard stance, right? You know, basically they're not going to mandate vaccination, but they, they put some hard rules in place. There's a COVID outbreak. Both teams... You know, essentially, we'll, we'll that be paid, and there could be a forfeit that affects both teams and stuff. So there's, they're, they're, they're basically they're not mandating, but they're making it so uncomfortable that you feel like you have to mandate. We talk a lot about that, and I, and I thought it was a look. The NFL was only only jacked off the businesses like that because they have a, they have a, a, a league that a players league that doesn't have the power to battle the league on. No other sport could do that. No other sport could do that because their unions are much. Um, but there's been a lot of talk over the summer because from college sports and pro sports are two different things, right? How would college sports deal with the COVID issue? Because I mean, you got kids living on campuses and everything, and they're a little bit of a different animal than, than pro sports. And you know, obviously, a lot of the college students can get vaccinated. That's the best way you can deal with it. Everybody gets vaccinated, and you feel like, okay, that doesn't mean you still can't get it. 
But it limit, you know, as far as practicing that goes, I, I think it's gonna be hard for you to get it from practice. You know, while Ten announced today, and we're going to talk about that later on in the show. Kind of falls in line with the NFL day, which is basically look, if there's a COVID outbreak, the game's going to be forfeited. That's it. They're not going to make up the game, they're not going to do it, they're going to be forfeited. So we're going to talk about that later on in the show, whether that's fair, whether that's right, and, and really what should be the way to deal with this, especially for college sports, um, how to deal with. Because we gotta look at where the playoff races stand here, here on August the twenty third. And if this is now the last full week of August, hard to believe where does summer go? Um, and you know, it, it's interesting because we spent a lot of time in the last year talking about the impact of the trade deadline, how it changed it, how many teams got hot, how many teams got hot after the All Star break, how quickly things have turned. Like that's been the story of this season, really the NBA too. NBA now being a parallel season for. We had teams be rather up and down, very streaky. What was, you know, a team that started bad, turns around, a team that started good, falls apart. You know, we've had a lot of that this year, and you're seeing it. And as we go into this final week of a full week of August, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the week, the picture has drastically changed. For instance, at the beginning of August, the Mets are still cleaning for third place. Now they're in third place, seven games back of a Braves team that's won nine in a row. Now the Phillies have been falling back. While the Braves, while the Braves have, we talked a couple weeks ago, both the Braves and the Phillies were ascending at the same time. Well, now the Phillies have fell back too. They're five out of Atlanta. Atlanta's running away with this thing now, and they've taken sole control of the East right now. And they have again five game lead over the Phillies and seven game lead over the Mets. And forget about the wild card guy. I just don't think they win enough to be able to compete there. I mean, come back to the Phillies though. So I don't think you look at the wild card as a viable option for the East and the that are still relevant as we head into September. Look at the Central. You know, at the beginning of this month, the Reds and the Cardinals were surging. Now, are they still relatively alive for a wild card? Yeah, the, the Reds actually have passed the Padres. That's how bad the Padres are because the Reds have kind of slowed a little bit. But the Reds are now a wild card team. The Padres are one game out, and they just started their pitching post fully against the Brady Rothschild today. Yeah, but is it doable on August 23rd? It's hard. Like I said, we'll go 
The Cardinals have been hot. They haven't made much inroads because the Brewers have been winning. So, the Brewers are gone. Yeah, watch his plan. Big time. Big time. Uh, you know, the, 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 the Giants have been able to kind of uh, swap back both the Giants and the Cardinals. The Cardinals are way behind now, anyway. They're 13 games out of the Giants, so they don't have to worry about the Cardinals because it's the Dodgers. The Dodgers got all the way down to a game and a half. And you start to wonder this is going to be at. Because everybody, since the Dodgers had that trade deadline where they really got Trey Turner and Max Scherzer, everybody suspected that they're going to get tested by the Giants. Well, yesterday the Dodgers lost, the Giants won, and that kind of pushed it back to two and a half. Now, to me, this next few days is important because if the, if the Giants can manage to get that lead back to where it's been for the most part for the last couple of months, it's right around that four, four and a half, three and a half game, I can remember right around there. Because this, this is the biggest surge that the Dodgers have had. The Dodgers have had, and the Dodgers have had, you know, program. And if, they, if they're able to swap back the Dodgers one more time here as you go into September, then I think they should feel good about the fact that they're probably going to win the division. But the Giants are sitting there at 80 wins, the best record in baseball. They're, they've done a phenomenal job. So the West pitcher, they tighten a little bit because remember the Dodgers only two and a half out versus the four that they've been for the most part. But it's, but it's, you know, they're still in control here. Um, again, the Padres have fallen completely off. And, and, and that, this is just the NL story. If you look at the NL wildcard, like the Dodgers have an overwhelming lead for the first wildcard. So, look, if they don't win this division, they're getting a wildcard. There's no question about that at this point. They're nine and a half off. Um, closest there is the rest. So they don't have to worry about that. Really, neither the Dodgers or the Giants. One of those teams, unless they have a full-on collapse, only win like two games around the way. They're, one of them is going to be a wildcard. Everyone's not the Wildcats to be a division winner. So both those teams are more likely making the playoffs. No question about it. The question is that second wild card. Because as I said, I don't think the two NL East teams that are viable right now, the Phillies and the Mets, the Braves are going to roll out of here and win the division. Um, but the Phillies and the Mets do not win enough and are not consistent enough. I don't think they keep up for that second wild card. Not when the Padres, if they can just, because I, I have faith in the Padres to turn this around and win enough games to take their second wild card. They're struggling right now, yes, but I do have enough faith in their talent to really kind of, you know, beat, you know, kind of bend the course a little bit and get back to that second locker. That second locker right now is held by a team with 59 wins. That's the Reds. Now, the Reds and the Cards have both been hot. So, that, to me, those are your three teams right now for that second spot. Reds, Padres, Cardinals. And I still give the edge to the Padres only because they have the talent and they have the better of the three Very worried about the Padres. You have to write this ship now. If the Padres don't write this ship this week, then I think, and, and they fall back even a little bit further, then I think it's going to go either Cardinals or Reds. That, that, I mean, if the Phillies and the Mets won consistently enough, then they could easily get schedule playing their favorite because the NL East is a weaker division and they're playing more of the teams. But because they don't win consistently, they don't beat the bad teams either, I don't have any faith in the Phillies and the Mets to take that second wild card spot. So, to me, it's, 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 I don't have any other league team. You have to win a division. 
Turn around now. I don't think you have enough time to make up the games that are left. So the NL picture has really flipped, right? Some teams have stayed the same, like the Brewers at the top, the Dodgers and Giants look like they're going to make it. Then you got these teams like the Reds and the Giants, the Reds and the, and the Cardinals are for sure, and all the Padres are falling off, the Mets are falling off, the Phillies are falling off, they're going for a little bit. So the picture has shifted a little bit in the NL. The AL, they're having some shifts. They're having some shifts, right? We talked about what the AL is. Now they now we have that five and a half game five game man in the race position. Gone. Now the Rays are on the foot of the division. Four and a half games up on the Yankees. Seven up on the Red Sox. The Yankees have been down. They've won nine in a row. They're twenty six and nine since the All Star break. They have been fantastic. They are a, they're right now the wild card leader. They have passed everybody in front of them. Open the Red Sox. They have a wild card leader right now. They're in a good second place. They're four and a half back on the Rays. So now you're not in front of the Make it through this road trip and do pretty well. They might have a shot at Tampa. I think. Um, the Red Sox had a tough weekend. You know, they've been struggling. They had an ugly game on Saturday against the Rangers, against a team that they really should be. And they lost what, like ten to one, five errors, and 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 Alex Cora was almost pissed, and he should be. This is a team that's completely lost itself. And look, this is now they're playing more like the team that everybody thought at the beginning of the year. Nobody expected the Red Sox to be what they were. Nobody expected the Giants either. They've been able to, they were, they were able to kind of keep sliding teams back. While the Giants continued to do that, the Red Sox don't. They fell completely off after the break. And again, we talked about the trade deadline too, and we wondered maybe the trade deadline played a role here too, that they didn't do enough at the trade deadline. They relied on Chris Sale coming back to be their big acquisition. They got Kyle Ford, but they're playing back first place where he's never played. And he's still banged up. They're never getting a lot there, a whole lot there. So in reality, Either. I think that's a part of the reason why they're struggling to that and the loss of big of the ground. So when you look at the East, you know, Tampa's right there at first, they're four and a half above the Yankees, seven up on Boston. The other thing, too, is Toronto has really cool. They, they're a one and a half games back in the division. Obviously, they're still very much in it for the long term. They're four and a half back, but they are cool. They were surging. They're kind of right behind the Yankees as they surge, and they, they haven't been able to keep up. So Toronto kind of, kind of, not saying surging, but they But the East, there's been a shift. You know, the Red Sox are pretty much where the Yankees were right now. And the Yankees are pretty much, you know, in that spot where the Red Sox and the Rays have been on. And they're surging right now. They're playing right now, that's for sure. Central is relatively the same. The White Sox are dominating. The Indians, you know, nine and a half games out of the Central. Hanging around in the wild card. I don't think anybody has any faith in them to win enough to be able to compete in the one there. Especially the division. The division's pretty much gone. So, um, the Tigers were playing well. They're still playing okay. 
being able to kind of surprise Dark Horse, especially in the wild card, I think is gone. They haven't done enough in the last couple weeks to you know, keep in that, in that race. The West has tightened uh, a little bit, but, oh, but the Astros are starting to just kind of push back open a little bit. It got down to, I think, like two games over the weekend. Then the Astros won, open walk, they fell back. So now the Astros have a three and a half game lead on open lead on the Mariners. So the West is relatively the same. Open still within shouting distance, but the Astros kind of keep hanging tough. And they're getting some of their guys back. They're getting Brethren back. They got a crowd. They're getting some of their guys back. That's their only help. Um, and when you look at the wild card, as I said, the Yankees, the first wild card right now, are two and a half games on the Red Sox and the A's. So they have, they, they built themselves a kind of lead, but it's, 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 it's something, right? And, you know, they get open this week. If, if they go into that open, let's say they reach the Braves, go in that open series and win it, that might be enough to push the open A's back and never look back. And then you have to deal with the Red Sox as far as being a team behind you. And if they don't continue to get out of their way, they'll fall apart too. And I think, it's, I think at this point, we really need to start to buy into Seattle. Seattle could have folded up this tent a month ago. Remember how bad things got for them. They were, they were red hot. They ran into the Yankees. The Yankees kind of knocked them around a little bit. And then they made that trade with the Astros that pissed off the entire locker room at, at, at the GM Gary Deporto. And they could have folded after that, too. But they traded their closer to the Astros at the division. The, the team that was winning their division and during a series in which they were playing them. And they only three out of the wild card. Obviously, they got to listen to the division. But they only three out of the wild card. And if Oakland doesn't have a good couple weeks here, and the Red Sox don't have a couple weeks, all of a sudden Seattle has an inside track on that second wild card. And this problem is why I don't think you can call Toronto even though they've cooled off. So you got to watch out for those teams. Now, after that, you know, it's dicey. you got the Indians at seven and a half back, Angels at eight and a half, Detroit's only ten and a half back. But like I said, I don't think they've done enough last couple weeks to stay in this a little bit. Back and Angels make them still in it for the second wild card. Technically, it does. You, you really have to have a good week, this good couple weeks here before you get to lay with it. Get that down to around three or four before you can start to buy into what any one of those teams have a chance. And I just don't think they do. They play their stretch up pretty tough. I don't see it. But to me, right now, this is where, the, where things stand in the AL West, I mean, AL wild card. Yankees look like they're, they're sitting pretty, they're rolling. If, if they have a good week this week against Oakland, then I think that pushes but out because Oakland's got a, a tough schedule in, in September. Paying some of the teams in the division. Red Sox, if the Red Sox continue to struggle, then look, if the, if they, I mean, they, they could fall back and so could the A's. And all of a sudden, Seattle and Toronto benefit because those are going to be the two most likely teams. The fact that Seattle's still sitting here on August 23rd, and there's only three out of the second wild card, you know, that's a good day. That's tight. Seattle's all got over the hump. You know, we all, they could have folded, they have, so I think they're in it right now. The Blue Jays. So, the AL picture, again, there's been some shifts, right? The Yankees now, you know, sur- you know surging. Um, the White Sox hit some bumps the last couple weeks, but they didn't stay strong. They didn't have to win the Central twice. The AL West, the Astros have been able to push off the A's for a little bit here. They have gone since they were more hot. They've kind of settled down here to have the Blue Jays, but they're still hanging tough. You have to worry about Seattle's here. I think they're kind of like a dark horse running along with the Blue Jays. Um, that, you know, it's interesting. You know, and, and, and we have a lot of big games this week. A lot of big games this week. And I think we're going to have 
huge ramifications. The rest of us double hair today with the Ravens. Oh, I Some big games this week. Some big games. Um, that I think will have some big ramifications. And, you know, again, these next two weeks are huge. They said by Labor Day, we've got a six this year. You want to be within three. Because remember, Labor Day is not September 6th. And the season ends on October 3rd. So you obviously will be within a month of the season ending. That will leave you a lot of games left. Because you really want to be right around three games, no more or that. Whatever you're trying to do. If you're not, I just don't see how you're going to make a lot of happen before I get it, but you don't want to play, take those chances. You don't. You don't. And as we've seen this baseball season and the NBA season as well this year, things can turn on a dime. I mean, look at the Yankees were 10 and a half games back at the Red Sox. And the Rays. And look where they are now. They, they passed the Red Sox. They're two and a half up on the Red Sox. And I'm going to tell you something, baseball should be very happy with the way things have gone these last couple months from the, from the All-Star game to the trade deadline being active for once and all the teams are in. You know, after we got with the sticky stuff debacle and things have calmed down for entertaining baseball, the playoff races have been very interesting. There's been a lot of shifts and back and forth, a few of drinking. Baseball's had a good run here since about the, the early part of July coming out. Right? And they can carry that momentum into September and these races can continue to be entertaining. And the playoffs seem to be entertaining. Debacle and you know everything else, the pandemic, everything. Else. This, this could be a nice year of year for baseball. It really could, really could. And I think it's gonna be a great stretch run here because we are in that stretch run. We're coming down about a little over a month left of the season. I think it's gonna be a very interesting end of the season. These races are really good. There's a lot of entertaining storylines, and it doesn't look like anything's gonna peter out like it has the last couple of years. It really does. I mean, and that's last couple years and said, oh, look at this, some of these races are turning up, they're looking good, and then all of a sudden, in a week or two, they, they, everything kind of just falls apart, all of a sudden, teams run away with things. I don't see that happening this year. Too many good teams, too many teams still in the mix, I don't see it this year, I really don't. I really don't. Which is a good thing, I think it's better for the game, these races are 
Baseball is going to Uh, 
identify the virus and awareness of the opposition in Pakistan. The folks are not able to participate because of COVID-19, but it's certainly no contest. So, so it's kind of tough what we what happened with the NFL, right? You know, if, if, if this happens, you know, we're not rescheduling the game, we're not the games are scheduled for what they're going to be. Um, you know, that's the way it's going to be. And then, of course, you know what's going to happen is that um, you know. Um, now, now, in their case, in this case, in the Big Ten, you know, the, the team that has the COVID problem is the team that's going to get the loss. The team that doesn't is going to, is going to so in a way, you know, at least they're not penalized. Yeah, the NFL's penalizing both teams. They got to cancel the game. Neither team gets paid. And the game is said to be a wash. So, both teams, even if the team doesn't have any, anything to do with the COVID outbreak, like let's say the Falcons and the Buccaneers meet, and the Falcons have a COVID outbreak, well, the, both teams lose their pay for that day. The game gets canceled, and, and the game is simply a wash. So both teams get punished, even if one team doesn't have a problem. To me, and, and that's where a lot of people like, well, is that really fair? And it, it, again, we talk about this at the time when the NFL put out their policy. It's kind of time, you know, it, it, it's the idea that, well, you know, you, you don't get vaccinated, or if you have an outbreak, and you're taking chances, well, then you're not just taking money out of your teammates' paychecks and yours. You're taking money out of your team, uh, on the other team. Right? And and their families, well, you know, you're hurting their family too. And of course, you're hurting the team also because you're forfeiting the game. That's understandable. So, that was their philosophy was if we do that, it's going to convince a lot of people to do the right thing, be careful, get vaccinated, the whole thing. Here with the big time, they're kind of trying to do the same thing. The only difference, I think, in a lot of people's eyes, people are going to look at this as being a little bit more fair because at least the team that if, 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 if both teams and they can't play, then both teams end up forfeiting as a wash for both teams. At least there's that. Right? So, so that, in a lot of ways, will be going to be viewed as more fair. Right? Especially, and, and especially in the case of the fact that if one team has no problem and the other team does, then that team that has the problem with COVID is going to be the one that forfeits and gets the loss, and the team that doesn't gets the win. Okay? So, and, and, and again, so in a lot of ways, I have to be seen as more fair than what the NFL did. But even with this being seen as more fair, there's still elements that the people are going to see as not fair. First of all, we're going to have teams around in, 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 the, in the same league or same standing. You're going to be pissed off that a team gets. What, what happens if the team. What happens if a team that's playing a team that has a COVID problem and they have to forfeit gets a win? And that win determines who wins the division or who goes to a playoff game or who goes to a it's like, well, if you didn't get that forfeit, you know, you don't know what would have happened if you played that team. If you didn't get that forfeit, you would have been ahead of us. So there's always going to be people that wonder what would have happened if you actually played that team. So it does create issues like that. The other thing it does, too, the other thing it does, too, okay, is it, may, it, it, it sets this up where people are going to say, you know, is it fair that, you know, you could do everything right. Be careful, get vaccinated, wear a mask, social distance, and still get the virus. And then you're going to have 
had their seasons impacted. You know, forfeit game, not make a playoff or whatever because of it, or miss time, or, you know what I mean? And, 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 and lose the opportunity to play in a game like that. So something that even did get right no forward their own. It's again, so much of this has been so, it's, a, it's, it's hard, right? But you're, 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 you're doing these things for what you think are the right reasons, for health and for safety, and, 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 and make sure you're trying to think through our office, but at the same time, as I've said, yeah, if you can do something safely, which you can, if you can do these things, right, then do them. But you have to make sure that they're done the right way, done safely. And sometimes that means doing some hard-ass things. And this is a hard-ass thing to do. It is. That's not what NFL is doing. It's completely hard-ass. This is even harder. And this is, this, no, this is much harder, but it's still something that a lot of college are, are going to hate. And what happens if you have a year like last year where, where COVID ravaged some of these conferences, particularly the Big Ten, and you, you lose a ton of games? It's going to impact your season. You're going to be a mess. You have some teams haven't played four. Five games, some teams play seven games, and, and whatever. Now keep in mind, you said this happens to the conference games. If they're not conference games, then they're driving different guys. This will affect those. This is just the type of conference. All right, I think, I think they're going to turn to basketball on that too, but I don't know if it's that again. We'll, we'll have to see. It, look, it is, this is difficult, and I get it. And, I, and, and there are elements of it that are unfair. You know, you penalize some people, and even if they do everything right, they still get the virus. We know that. And... But I, I mean, look, a lot of people look at this and say, this is far more fair than what the NFL is doing. Because at least, you know, both teams aren't being punished unless both teams are involved. And both teams have a problem in which they can't play. Here's the thing. Notice how it says, if you can't compete, if you, if you, if you can't feel the team. It's not like they're going to cancel this before they test the positive. They're not going to do that. You have to be able to feel the team. If you can feel the team, that's what the NFL did last year. If you can feel the team, you play. It didn't matter how short you were. It didn't matter if you were your third string quarterback, you play. And that's going to be the situation this year. They are not going to cancel games. And that's the thing, too, about this. Is that it's like, well, we have to do the right thing. We have to be healthy, safe, safe, do things the right way. But we're not canceling games. We're not backing up games. We're not putting extra games into the, into the back of the schedule to compensate for any games that are canceled. And, and, I, think the, and I think the reason behind it is, first of all, money-wise and marketing-wise and with TV deals and everything, it makes a mess out of things. You saw what happened with the NFL last year a couple times with that. And secondly... Secondly, they think that they, the harder, the more difficult they make this, where it's like, hey, tell these kids, if they have a problem, if they're not careful, and COVID happens, I know some people could be innocent about it, and do everything right, it still happen, but for the people that aren't, the people that are reckless, the people that don't, that do take chances, that aren't doing the right thing, let's get this into their heads, that if this gets, if this, if they screw up here, and there's an outbreak, they're going to lose it, they're gonna, the game's going to be forfeited, and that could cost them their a postseason birth. So, if you have to do the right thing, but they're doing it in a way where it's like, all right, even though we're going to try to penalize the team that's been impacted by it, and not the other team, you know, we're still Issues here. Especially for the team that's impacted by it. If both teams get impacted by it, then forget it. It's a, it's a major issue. Major issue anyway, but it's going to be a bigger issue because both teams can't 
why you move your team up to build a team, and then it might impact games beyond that weekend. So, it's harder with college than it is with pro, right? Because with pro, you know, you're, they, they're, you're getting paid. And I know in college sports now things have changed, and I know a lot of that stuff. Right? But with It's COVID. You don't know. But then there's other people that get really, really sick. They get tested. Really, it's the people that really, really don't feel great that get tested. If you, if you just feel well off, you're not getting tested. They're not. They're not. I'm sorry. People are not. They're not doing that. And the thing with the Delta variant was that a lot, they, they, there was a feeling that a lot more people didn't get tested like they did the first couple of ways because it didn't affect people the same way. They had different symptoms and maybe they didn't think it was COVID. Probably and don't even know it or never recorded as having it. So I was that, that's gonna be the question mark as we go in the next couple months. How many people have it on top of people that got vaccinated? Is there gonna be the wall of immunity gonna be so good that we don't even have a winter surge like we 
we did last year. At least not of COVID. You might have flu and stuff. But not of COVID. Is that possible? That's a good question. All right. And I've been talking to a few doctors and that about that. So what do you think the winter's going to bring now? Remember, we weren't supposed to have a surge like this in the summer. Right? Whoever had a surge like this, everybody thought it was going to be in the winter. Following the winter, like last year. What you know? What happened to surge now during this time of year? A lot of people are in the box. You know why? You know. Going to prevent us from having a major winter surge? Who knows? And that could dictate a lot of what the, the impact of what colleges are going to do as far as COVID goes, and maybe how many cases they're going to have, and if it's going to have as many as it's had in sports season in college. A lot of impact on pro. So just keep riding it out. We know that. But college? I don't think they cancel. I don't think they cancel the season or anything, but they have an impact. No, they have an impact on schedules. We lose games, forfeit games, as we just talked about. They have an impact teams performance if they lose half their teams at COVID and they got what walk-ons playing or something, you know? So they got a major impact. It really could. But is it fair? Is the forfeiting thing fair? Is it, is it fair in the NFL? Is it fair in college? Honestly, the only thing I don't like about the forfeit, okay, there's two things I don't like. First of all, it does kind of hurt because there are people that and they suffer and have to deal with the forfeit when they didn't do anything wrong. That part is talked about, but again, sometimes that's just the way it goes, you know? You can't help it. Not everything in life is fair. The other thing I like about it is this. When you start dealing with forfeit, it affects the standings, right? And there's teams in, 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 in a division, in a conference, or a league, that are going to be impacted by that. You know, you forfeit a game, the teams are going to be like, and that team goes on the win or something, that, that the benefit from the forfeit, Say, well, you, you got handed a win because the team had a forfeit. How do we know what would have happened if you played that game? So it puts an asterisk and it hurts the integrity of the season on, and of, you know, who really is going to win, you know, a division or a conference or whatever. That's the part that I don't like. But I understand that we're in these difficult times and you're trying to do things that incentivize doing the right things, getting vaccinated, wearing a mask, all that stuff. But I understand it's a, it's a difficult balance. It really is. But there's elements to it that are unfair. So do I think it's unfair in theory? Not necessarily, because I understand the reason behind why they're doing it. But that does not mean that there's not elements to it that just flat out suck and are unfair for teams that don't have nothing to do with it. We'll probably have anything to do with, with any of it. You know, they didn't have a COVID outbreak. They didn't, they didn't play a team for a COVID outbreak. So why should they have their season? You know, derailed a little bit because you have to be playing a team that got COVID and you benefited from a forfeit. Or you both had COVID, both teams had a forfeit and they had a double forfeit. You know, no contest. Why should, why should other teams be penalized and they had nothing to do with it and, and see their seasons kind of messed up and say, well, hey, that team only won the division by one game because they got that forfeit win? That's not fair. So there's a lot of it that's dicey and it's not fair. But given it's a pandemic and you're trying to play through all this, there's going to be a lot of things that you have to do that you don't necessarily like that may be unfair. We've seen that over the last year and a half. And we're going to continue to see that until this thing is firmly done. So it's not, the, it's not ideal? No, but, you know, as we say, the majority of people probably don't like it. I said that almost everybody doesn't like it. But you're doing it because you're trying to incentivize doing the right things, wearing the mask, vaccination. And if that means that, you know, you know, you know, there's some things that I've seen 
Especially given the circumstances, the kids living on campus and all that stuff. But you know, you just gotta do what you gotta do. You know, some colleges did the corner of the last year, did the bye. When, when, when you know, you didn't have the at least the vaccine and some of the other improvements that were made to to assist with everything. But uh, we're in a space now. We have the vaccine, but we've learned even more than we did a year ago. So that that helps, and you're able to better handle things. So, you know, it, 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 it's a very difficult thing to deal with, and hopefully what we do is much more. And again, I said, I owed you all this a couple months ago. I said, once we get out of winter 2022, I think this thing will be finally behind us. I, I mean, will the story still hear about it? Yeah, but I think it'll be like, like it'll, it'll be mentioned the same thing, the things like RSV and the flu and that, where they're still out there, they're still dangerous, they can be, if you don't, you know, if you can't handle them the right way, you know, they can still kill you. It's but we, we were already willing to deal with, and we can, well, we can, you know, you won't see nearly the amount of attention. But I always said it wasn't going to be until after winter 2022. So we're, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. But we've learned a lot. We're in a different place than we were a year ago. And, you know, we're not going to handle everything it's the same way as we've handled before because we just can't. But it's difficult, as we all know. All this is. We never had to deal with anything like this before. So it's all been tried by error. It's all happened. And, you know, like I said, hopefully we're not dealing with this much longer. We're going to take another break. When we come back, I want to hear from you. Your thoughts, your questions, your reactions, your comments. What's going on? What we talked about today? Your, you know, COVID protocols, the big country, and, you know, and of course, when we talk about on the Whatever it is you
And all of a sudden, Team A wins the division by one game, or wins the conference by one game, or goes to a championship conference championship game by one game because they got that forfeit win. And then there's so many teams out there that say, well, wait a minute, how do we know you would have won that game if you didn't play it? You know, so, so that, to me, I think you got to take that part. That's the most unfair thing. It hurts these competitive integrity. You can still accomplish what you want to accomplish while doing that. You know what I'm saying? There's other ways to do it. That, that's so I, Then I would do it like that. I would say, hey, you know, this it's a no contest. Nobody gets a win, nobody gets a Well, Lance is going to look very serviceable. Don't let the 49ers get back and worry about forcing Garofalo out there to make this a little better. 
Look, they love Trey Lance. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. They're drooling over Trey Lance. We know this, okay? All right, they made it abundantly clear. If you've read any articles, they speak, they speak more about Trey Lance than Jimmy. We know they want Jimmy out there. We, we know that. We know this is a Super Bowl run, but they essentially pushed him to the background and let the running game run him up during their playoff run for the Super Bowl that year. We know that they're down on Garoppolo and they don't want that. We know that. They want Trey Lance. Abundantly clear. They couldn't go get Aaron Rodgers. They couldn't go get any other quarterback that were available, like Brady and company, because they could the Super Bowl out of it. So they went and got a young guy they like. They like Trey Lance. The only reason why they're not going to start Trey Lance is because I think that they don't want to rush it. Because remember, game situation, this is only preseason. Don't go crazy on preseason. They, it's a different animal week one. Okay? They don't want to have him go out there. And even if he's super confident, everybody loves the guy, everybody's confident in him, and lay an egg, and then all of a sudden, you don't know have a mentally going to deal with it. And he regresses. Opportunities for Trey Lance to come in while Jimmy started. So, what they're going to do is try to ease him in. Jimmy's going to start, let's go Trey Lance for a couple of series here and there, and then eventually they just fade Jimmy out, and, and, and Trey will just take over the, 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 the house. That's what they're going to do. And again, yeah, that's not something you usually see in the NFL, but I think that's their way of like making sure they do right by Trey. You don't you know, rush them, and they don't make it look so obvious. That you know, we all we all love Jimmy Garoppolo. Down for the Patriots, he's our guy. Yeah, it's really glad we're seeing him. It's a process that he's not backtracking on him. And from that point on, it's been obvious that they either kind of falling out and just didn't like what they were seeing, or they thought they, they rethought their position. They're like, you know what? We want somebody else. We'll stick with this guy until we, we, we find somebody else. Whether it's a veteran, whether it's a Tom Brady, whether it's a young guy from the draft, like a Trey Lance. Whatever the case, until we find somebody else that's, that fits to our needs and we want here, we'll stick with this guy. And that's the only reason why Jimmy Garoppolo is still the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers because until this point, they didn't find what they didn't have any other options. Now they do. And then they're going to ease them into life, and what are you going to do? Okay.
Well, sir, no. No. Well, well, you know what? Here's the thing. You know, I shouldn't say no. Because I think the thing that we've realized now over the last couple of weeks is even though the Dodgers made that big trade to turn Scherzer, that they're still, this is not going to be a cue. They don't have Kershaw. You know, they have some deficiencies too. The bullpen still got great. For them, they got very lucky with that last year. I mean, this is a Dodger team that just, you well, know, got out of the gate slow this year, turned it on, but never, this has not been your Dodger team that you've seen in the last three, four years where they have, they, they eventually click and start firing on all cylinders and nobody can touch them. They have not been that team this year. They have not been that team this year. So, you know, even with the trade that they made, which is a big trade, and, and, and they're certainly, probably talent-wise, I think probably the best team in the National League, they... It's not, this, is, this has not been as easy for them as people thought it was going to be. And that, to me, opens the door. You know, and look, the Padres have talent. They have Tatis. They have Estrada. They have the training staff. They have the talent. Especially if they do manage to get to the wild card game, which they still have a chance at doing one game back and, and play the Dodgers in one game. Both rosters match complements each other. That's why we said it was such a good rivalry last year. But both teams match up very well. They still match up very well. Yeah, the Padres can still do, but they have to write the ship. And they have to get back into the playoff hunt. They have to get into the playoffs. They have to get into the wild card. They're not going to win the division, so it'll be the wild card game for them. But they can win a wild card game. They can. They have the talent to do it. So, yeah, they can still do it. And it's bad if they play. All right, we'll take two more. Managers, you think are the hot seat? Good question. I would say the match because you had a lead, even though you were essentially starting water and the division was awful, you did have a lead. And you also just got a new owner, and I think the only reason why you make a mere zero change because look, you, you kind of want to see what you had in Rojas, you know. So I I think eventually you're going to want to move a guy in there, like especially if the team's not as strong as like the Mets have. Uh, 
If I can see the map, you know, really grown up and in trouble. I've got, and that's all kind of, you know, I always have some that struggle because they're in third place, they've been in first place for the whole following year. There's a lot of rumors that Dusty Baker and, and the Astros front office are going to have to come out. Well, Dusty only signed a two-year deal. And my understanding was Dusty was never going to go more than two years. And I think the reason for that was because they thought they were going to get A.J. Hintz back then, too. They got A.J. Hintz back. Then A.J. decided to go and, and, and go manage Detroit. Now, I think in a lot of ways, that's because he wanted to start start. He's been doing great in Detroit. Uh, and then the, the idea was that when, when AJ had to kind of trade around, which I would have dusted Baker to stay there indefinitely until they just didn't stick But it's time. There's, there's some rumors out there now. They're getting sick of them. And that they want, they want, you know, so they might go with somebody else. This is might be it, even, even if they don't have AJ championing for them, um, which they thought they were going to. So we'll see. I mean, that's not a strong team, but that's, a, that's something to watch out for. Um, you know, obviously, I think the Padres could have, they don't make it, they continue to fall off, because they would have had, you know, they would have been, they had a lot of expectations, and they are panned out. The Dodgers won't be, even if the Dodgers win the wild card, they might have a third round of the world. Dave is there for a while. They win the World Series, and actually does that for you. Um, at least for a few years. Um, I know, I, 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 a lot of people think Gerard, Joe Gerard would be fired from the Phillies, because it just hasn't worked. I could see that. And I can see that only because it's not just their collapse, it just hasn't worked. It hasn't clutched. And Joe's going to manage it. He's a lot of crap, but Joe's going to manage it. And I just don't think it's a fit. I always said, I said this before, I'll say it again. He's a guy that you just have to find the right fit. You have to find the right team to play for him because he is a disciplinarian. He's very strict. If you find the right group of guys, like, you know, like it worked well for the Yankees for a while. I think an older team, and I know he gets a lot of young players. Older veteran players don't, you know, they, they might get trickling, they might be audience and stuff, but ultimately, they, you know, they've grown up enough where they can deal with the fact that their boss is a hot ass, whereas younger, younger players don't. So to me, if you gave Joe Arnie more of an older team, a more experienced team, I think that'd be a better fit. But I, I could see Joe Arnie being off when taken out. Um, that would wouldn't surprise me. Mm. Um, so those will be some of the guys that are off the top of my head. You know, off the top of my head, those will be some of the guys. Good question, though. Well, I take one more. Um, let's see. Let's see. Everybody thought was going to be the guy. 
you know, because he, 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 he saw him in real birth and everybody was in love with his talent. I, I like his talent. I just don't know if he's the guy that goes out there every single game of the season. To me, he's the kind of guy who's a great weapon to have on trick plays and stuff. That's to me what he is. You know, and I know that kind of feels limited to a guy because if you know he can handle quarterbacks, then why not try to make him a quarterback? But I don't know. What we know Winston can throw the ball well. We know he can handle the position. You know, he's kind of grown up a lot, kind of. Yeah, I remember he had a lot of issues when he came into the league. Um, I mean, you, I, I think at the very least, if you, if you go with Winston, you know you'll get a representative year out of him. He'll be able to hold the position while he's got a lot of weapons around him. I mean, look, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. We didn't want these guys just for long-term answer. This is just a, hey, we didn't have any other better options. We're going to go with the guys that we have here. Well, what, what, what is practical? Because um, they, they know that. I think for either one of these guys, he can probably win enough to at least be competitive and probably make a playoff spot. But they're not, they're not, they're not really designed that super. They, they don't think, there's no way they, they think they're going to get a super bowl this year. Vince was reached out and they didn't have a viable replacement. Like they didn't see anybody. They probably didn't see anybody draft. They went crazy over. Um, and there's nobody, and, and look, I'm sure they made overtures and free agency training and they didn't have anything that matched up or they're going to get anybody. And it's anything that they wanted. So, this was a year where they didn't have any place to turn. They're like, all right, well, this, these are our options, and they're and they're good options. These are guys that can win games. I mean, I mean, Winston and Hill can win games. Let's let's be honest here. And look, the, the NFC South is not that great. The Falcons are in a rebuild. The Panthers stink. It's really just the Buccaneers you're gonna have to worry about. And, and can the Saints win enough to at least be a wild card? Yeah, they can. So. The season is not really lost. It's just that you know, without Drew Brees, you're not coming into the season being one of the Super Bowl favorites. That's all. That's just the only difference. And, and that's, I know that's, a, that's a kind of that is a, that is a, a regression. Um, it is. It's a regression, but it's not. A, it's, it's. It's. I mean, it's not a total. It's still a potential playoff team. Winston, you know, Hill can probably think has a talent to win a ten game. Not sure. I haven't. You know, haven't seen. Saints take this guy to Jaguars and a pretty good game. And for a preseason game, it's a good game. Trevor Lawrence, a good season. Like, guys, he's just kind of preseason games I like tonight. Because there's something you can get out of. I don't like preseason games where, you know, there's not, there's no, there's no really no position competition or anything on, on the line. So that's just stuff on the line. For Trevor Lawrence, based on snaps, then it's, then it's feet wet, seeing what he can do, like, you know, in an NFL offense, even if it's just preseason. And for the Saints, they're trying to figure out who's going to get the starting pick. Is it going to be Winston or is it going to be Hill? So there's some, some things on the line. That's again, that's that on ESPN, yeah, Monday Night Football, Jaguars and Saints. Um, should be interesting one. Um, all right, we're going to take a one last break. When we come back, we wrap things up on this Monday.
Um, so, a couple things here. Another reminder, we are still waiting for the return of our app. Hopefully, it comes out in the next 7 to 10 days. I was hoping for Labor Day, so I'm thinking 7 to 10 days here. We'll have our app back. I know that's something that a lot of you use, either technical shows or listening to our show in general, or if you want to listen to episodes again, you can just read these in there. Hopefully, we'll have that back in the next week or so. Uh, but as of right now, again, the only way in which you can listen to episodes again, or um, if you missed an episode, check it out. You can do, one way you can do that is either on our, our social media or on our main post on Twitter.com. So you can go to Twitter.com, search for whatever one of our medical shows you're looking for, whether it's sports or sports or seven or nine or four or one. Search for the show you're looking for. And you, you can, so when you do that, you can take it to the show page. So we will find all the episodes for that particular show on it. Um, and you can listen to any of those episodes anytime you want. Or, of course, you can go to our social media. Um, the search for sports or our sister show on Instagram. Someone does not have. And you can also all our network of shows. Go to sports or Facebook and Twitter. So search for sports on Facebook and Twitter. And whenever the uh, date of the episode that you're looking for is, go through all the posts, find that date. And on that date, you'll find a link to whatever show was on that date. One of, whichever one of our network and whatever show it was or whatever episode it was, and you can click on it and it'll play for you. So right now, those are the two ways which you can, in which you can check out episodes again, or if you missed episodes, catch up. Uh, just go again on social media for the Sportsman Facebook. Go to Sportsman Facebook for the search for Sportsman on Facebook and Twitter to do that, or you can go to our main host on speaker.com and search for one of our shows you're looking for and do it that way. Um, quick scheduling update. Um, this week... We will have our Inside the Ring show will not be tomorrow. Our Sports for Inside the Ring show will be Thursday night. That's a little bit of a change. So we will not have a Sports for Inside the Ring tomorrow. Um, so please do keep that in mind. Uh, summer schedule means when we have an Inside the Ring show. That same week, we do not have an Entertainment 401. So that opens up Thursday, uh, which is why we're going to use it. So Thursday night, we'll have a Sports for Inside the Ring at 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. So please keep that in mind. But before that, we will have a sports sprint on Wednesday at 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. So keep that in mind, too. Friday, we may not do a show. That's the reason why I haven't said anything about Friday yet. Right now, it's up in the air. Um, so uh, let you all know more about that on Wednesday. But right now, I'm not going to say we have a show on Friday yet. I thought we would have next week, but we might be changing that up a little bit. Um, and we might do we might do something similar next Friday, too, because of the Labor Day weekend and stuff. I usually try to, if I get a sense that people aren't going to listen, I'm not going to do a show. So, um, But we'll let you more, know more about that in the coming days. So the schedule for the rest of this week, Sportsman Wednesday, 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, Sportsman Southern Thursday, 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. There is no, sh no show tomorrow at all for any of our network of shows. And again, on Friday right now, I, I'm leaning towards us not having a show on Friday, but if we do have one, it'll be a sports spread at 2 o'clock Eastern Time. But we'll let you know more about that on Wednesday. So that's the schedule for the rest of this week. All that being said, folks, just because uh, we are done, just because we are done doesn't mean you have to stop interacting with us when you're streaming to the show. You continue to have your voice heard. Tell us your suggestions, any topic ideas you have, any questions you have about the show or scheduling, just want to chat with us in general. Um, continue to send us your uh, submissions, uh, uh Feedback, I should say, related to our sister show, The Entertainment 411, because we're trying to figure out what to do with that. Please continue to send those submissions in. And if you'd like to be a part of the show, we've been doing this for the last month. If you'd like to be a part of the show, he's a co-host, contributor, 
you know, producer, etc. Please keep your submissions for that going in this, uh, coming in as well. They've been very good so far, so keep those coming too. You can do all that and more by email, Facebook, and Twitter. Email us at thesportsmanagemail.com. Make sure you like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter so you can interact with us and keep up what's going on at the show at all times. So just search for the sports on Facebook and Twitter so you can do all that and more. Um, and also have access to any additional content we have produced or post. Um, that way you always know what's going on and you can access everything that you want to access. All right, that's it for today. Again, no show tomorrow. Sports Sprint next Sports Sprint Wednesday, 2 o'clock from Eastern Time. That's our next show. So until Wednesday, folks, stay safe, stay healthy. We'll see you for the Sports Sprint, 2 o'clock p.m. on Wednesday. Have a good one, everyone. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for every.